Welcome to Femme Detail, where Jess and Morty, two femmes who tell tales of the weird, the bad, and the spooky. Noise, noise, noise. I'm really cold. Do you, need, <laughs> do you want a blanket? Do, you, uh, do I have a blanket? Oh, do you want another blanket? Oh, you're so accommodating. No, not really. I was just trying to work out my, my segue. About <laughs> my story has nothing to do with being cold, by the way. Uh, just making them banters. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would like to say to the people? I do, but it's not funny. I would like to take a moment to honour and mourn the late, great Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a very personal hero of mine. And I think for any woman who has ever like, like been in a workplace and been treated like shit because you're a woman – and been told that, you know, that you're imagining it or you're too sensitive and blah, 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 and all those old, tired excuses that people give for treating you badly. Yeah, I just want to say what an incredible person she was and what incredible, what a positive impact her work had and will continue to have. Yeah, if we could uh, have visuals in the podcast, it would just, like, salute. Yeah. 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 No words. Yeah, you just wanted to put that out in the world. Mm. I feel that. Well, we've been we've had our episodes out for a while. Mm. Have you been reading some of our nice comments from the people? I haven't. I've been getting some IRL feedback, though. Aw. Yeah. Bless them. I've sort of – because the episodes have gotten progressively ruder <laughs> – I am a bit, I, the, the last episode was particularly lewd. Oh, shit, I can't even remember. <laughs> it's a short-term memory. And yeah. I am a little bit concerned that some of the people who I was like, oh, yeah, my podcast, you should check it out. Now I'm like, no, don't check it out. <laughs> Do you need to, though? Yeah. <laughs> but actually, uh, soz. <sighs> so, yeah. That's fun. I guess that's what it's like when you put a creative project, when you birth it out into the world and you're scared of <laughs> the feedback. Did you see our little poll on our Facebook group? By the way, this is the, this is the first poll I've done for the Facebook group. There is a Facebook group. There is also a page that you can like. You can also follow us on Instagram, get down with the social medias. But, yeah, on the, the Facebook group I put the little poll about what we should call our friends. Did you see it? I I'm not on Facebook. I I go on <laughs> there like abandoned. <laughs> I go on there like once every four months. Look, that's fair. Salt the ground in which it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so our fans da, 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 because of the, the fan poll, you are now going to be known as Fantails. I love it. It's so ah! flipping cute. And thank you to my friend Tammy for when we did our little in real life launch party and you bought the fan tails. Because oh. I'm a fan of your tails. And, yeah, you're having emotions, more. I'm always having emotions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've had an intense week. I, yeah, 
Just, yeah. Uh, I understand. We were just talking about that I'd submitted my final assignments for the semester, so I'm I'm finally free, and then to do it all again in about a month. Yeah. <laughs> I I reached a point where I was just you know when you when you talk yourself down and it actually it concretely negatively affects your ability to understand things when you're like I'm not going to understand this I'm too dumb therefore you don't understand it so I've just gone back right back to the beginning yeah and just rewriting things Mm. to prove to myself that I understand it and doing like little like yeah show that bitch Morty (sighs) yeah Yeah, so last night I got home from work and I was just like it's time to fucking code It was like the hacker movies. Yeah. <laughs> I've just got like a, um, what are they Trench called? Trench coat and fedora. The, no. ano- the anonymous Guy Fawkes mask. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, that works too. The only other thing I was going to say before we get into it, unless you had anything to add, is did you see our old mate Paleo Pete looks like he might be running for politics like at some point? And I can't tell, you know, when you're like, oh, is this a media beat up or like, is this an actual thing? But then because I follow him on Instagram because I'm a masochist, <laughs> uh, I saw that he was like, yeah, like that could be a thing. And I was like, oh, dear Lord, Lordy, Lordy, Lord. I wish that horse had bitten his dick off, honestly. <laughs> Fuck this dude. Why Why is it that it's always, like, the craziest people who are the most confident yeah, in their like, beliefs? Yeah, like, they're an lady. Yeah. Yeah. She, oh, I have an update on her. Oh, cool. What's she, she doing? She's pursuing a mental illness defense. Oh. I mean, you weren't mentally ill. You were just evil. I guess I'll let the, the experts. The, yeah, yeah, the actual... <laughs> professionals i just i mean i think maybe personality disorder as opposed to mental illness and they are different Mm. because like personality disorder is how she's you know made up (laughs) whereas like the illness is like affects how you're made up that was a very shit way of phrasing that i will take your word for it because my understanding of it is very very poor well your personality disorder is like an actual problem with your personality yeah yeah as opposed, like, with a mental illness, it's like, well, that can affect your personality, but it's not your personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just, it seems like, it seems too convenient. It's like, I, I, didn't yeah. ex- I didn't expect that I would ever get busted. Whoops. How did you not expect you to be busted? Like, oh my because God. Because she's, yeah. she's gone through her entire life never being questioned and never yeah. being... Yeah, anyway. Okay, well, we'll get into it then, I suppose. This week, we're doing creepy places. I feel like we need sound effects, like there's just like a cackle in the background or like... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Atmosphere. (laughs) I don't know what type of atmosphere that was. That was was very small tornado. (laughs) Well, that's literally what it's doing outside, though. (laughs) Like, me complaining about being cold before. It's just like, it is so windy. I'm sorry, I'm really distracted by your badge. Jess is wearing a badge that's like an x-ray of a fox, so you can see its little skeleton while it's running. Yeah, with the little bunny. Yeah. Yeah. Did Um, it eat the bunny? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking the implication is, because, like, why would it be in the skeleton otherwise? Yeah. I'll put it on the, uh, the, the gram. But, yeah, I know I thought it was kind of uh, suitable 
Mm-hmm. Because oh, and we did discuss. So I'm going to go first this week because I mean, like I think Maud is also got some sad content, but I'll just say outright. I guess mine has child murder. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll I might go first. Um, so again, if child murder is not your thing, listening to it, I hope it's none of your things for like actually practicing yeah practicing no practicing child murderers please in which case uh turn off the podcast uh pick turn pick up the phone call triple zero and call the police on yourself please but yes so i'm gonna go first and i will start with my credits and it will be pretty much apparent from the names of the titles of the articles what i'm doing and then it might make a little bit sense why i have a fox skeleton Yeah, I I know the child murder that you're referring to. Yes. And I know a little bit about the story. Yes. But not in any depth. So okay. I'm looking forward to hearing this. I mean, I'm always <laughs> I always look forward to hearing your stories, but yeah. Oh, bless you. The first article I had was Dog Suicide Bridge. Why do so many pets keep leaping into a Scottish gorge? And that was uh, one by vice.com. I had an article on the Overton Bridge for the New York Times. And I had the Wikipedia articles on the Overton Bridge and on animal suicide. I had the article, What It Means to Say a Dolphin Committed Suicide by Aaron Greenwood. Morty's looking concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Inside the Mystery of Overton Bridge, Scotland's Dog Suicide Hotspot by Natasha Ishark. 2019, and I had the Scotland Bridge of Death, which is the Otago time. Uh, Otago? Oh my god, they're going to kill me. It's a Kiwi place. Otago. Yeah, Otago. Okay, Otago. Yeah. Good. Okay, yeah, I said it that way the entire time. Otago. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, so I don't know why the Kiwis are doing an article on it. But they no, that's okay, because I was sort of like, I think that's what she's talking about, <laughs> but I was just like, but wait, aren't we in Scotland? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we've discussed this before, though. We steal all our place names, and I imagine New Zealand's much the same. Mm. Yeah, unless it's, like, something from, like, the Indigenous peoples of either. I feel like it it might be a Maori word, but, again, not knowledgeable on any front of... Fair. I don't know. I think my brain was just like, letters. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't doesn't even look like it's hard to say, but I just overthunk it. It's like when you when you go to say a word that has a lot of consonants in it, and the consonants move themselves around in the in the word. So you do, do you have dyslexia? No, no, no. no. When when you say it. <laughs> oh, when you say you, it. Yeah. yeah. That's, yep. <laughs> yeah, like if you go to say like constabulary, and instead oh. you say combobulary or something like that. Oh, all the time. I literally before we started, I said something that was, you know, like um, not synonymous. Sounds the same. Like. One of those things. Homophones. Yes, a homophone. Yeah, I need to stop being such a homophone. <laughs> um, I did one of those before and I'm like, I hope more didn't pick up on that. Uh, so, oh, wait, speaking of which, me a cop a minute. Mm. I said in the other episode. Sorry, I just took a really big swig of my tea and I thought I was going to choke and spit it all over my laptop, but we're good. Okay, the, sorry. In the other episode, I said lineal space when I meant lineal space. And my friends freaking roasted me for it, so. <laughs> I'm still laughing about the soup knowledge because I, I cannot for the life of me work out what that means. I don't know. <laughs> I clearly, we just like overworked and like yeah. um, 
underpowered. <laughs> yeah, it's basically been, I don't know, like, finals week. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's what the Americans would say. I don't know what we call it, just the end of term. And I am, I am dead. Mm. <laughs> but I am happy to be here. So uh, to begin with, I wanted to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Morty slash viewers, I guess, viewers, listeners, you can ask yourself, have you ever considered whether animals can commit suicide? Is that something that you have thought about? I have thought about it because of a – There, were, I read about a – this is so upsetting. It might be one of the things I have listed here in my, oh, my little notes. Continue. A whale that was in captivity in a water park. Yep. Who deliberately crushed her own skull. Yeah. By slamming it into a gate because she was being mistreated so badly. Yeah. I. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, generally speaking, when you kind of look at all this stuff, like there are definitely animals that kill themselves or kill others because of elements of captivity and uh you know not having enough enrichment and all those sorts of things humans interfering and fucking everything up yeah and then we get to i guess like a bit more sort of close to home i guess like you do hear stuff about like say dogs especially Mm. um like if their masters die refusing to eat gray fries bobby (laughs) yeah so my dog, Maple, that we've mentioned on the podcast before, I like to think she wouldn't, like, die if I died from not eating, but she is definitely suspicious of taking food from other people when I'm not around. Yeah. Does that make sense? And, yeah, like, maybe she'll get over it because she did come from the pound, from the wrong side of town, you know. But I guess dogs do have that sort of capacity in them. But I don't – where the question, I guess, kind of lies is, though, is it, like, a deliberate cause and action? Or is it like I just don't have the will to live yeah, anymore? Yeah, because dogs and other animals and stuff can definitely get mental illness um, and they can mm. definitely get sad. But whether they have the yeah the cause and effect thing and I guess like is that sort of the thing that makes it uniquely suicide? Um, and I just have a few little things here. So not really a question that people haven't thought about before. Um, the Victorians were super into it because, of course, they were. They loved that dark shit. Yeah, they were just wanking over it. Like, <laughs> they were having a good old time. Sorry, there's one of the people <laughs> listening to the podcast. But, yeah, the ancient Greeks thought about it because, you know, they had all the philosophers philosophizing. Aristotle wrote something about, and I don't know how much I buy into this, sorry, Aristotle, but he said a stallion threw itself into, like, a, a cavern after it realized it had mated with its own mother and i'm like i don't think horses give a shit about that yeah i (laughs) aristotle aristotle also said that like hair would grow like meters and meters after you died and you would sprout like enormous amount of booby hair in your coffin yes and that's not true (laughs) you sure maud (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I don't know how much I buy into that because I'm like, of course, not to be crude, but, yeah, like, animals definitely get it on with their siblings, like. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I remember my Jack Russell Terrier, even though he had been. Snippity snapped. The the snip snap. He would fuck a washing line. He would try to fuck my other dog. He tried to fuck a swing set. (laughs) 
I'm pretty sure I saw him trying to fuck a brick. If it if it had form, he would rub his penis against it. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> sorry, Aristotle, but um, I'm not feeling it. There's also all these other sort of stories. This is typical too. Like, yeah, typically dogs starving themselves after owners passed that we kind of mentioned before. There's this story about an eagle that supposedly burnt itself, like uh, like when its master died. Yeah, there's supposedly this eagle that killed itself when its master died by like engulfing itself in flames. Again, don't know about that. But birds are pretty clever. Like, I don't specifically like f- know about eagles. Like, it flew into a fire. Yeah, if you, it, it went into, like, the um, – so they had, like, a, you know, um, ceremonial burning thing yeah. and it, like, just fucking flew oh, into the – Oh, so the, the master's body was being Like, burned. cremated sort yeah. of thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's sad. But also so, very dramatic. Yeah. Is that eagle or Scorpio or like- – <laughs> And then there's also another common story that there was a um, wild stag that was being hunted. And this one was, like, cited in the RSPCA. They had it as their, like, cover boy <laughs> in their magazine. Okay. <laughs> but basically it, uh, like, ran off a, a, a cliff rather than be uh, taken by these hunters. Fair cool. So, and, yeah, again, it's kind of like, well, was he just trying to avoid the hunters and that's a – Yes, okay, it could result in harm, but they would definitely result in harm. So it was like weighing up between them. Mm. Um, so I guess people tend to do like a lot of, and I'm going to fuck up saying the word, but like um, anthropomorphizing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know the word that I'm trying to say. And then there's other things. <laughs> do you know about like the lemming things in Disney? Is it that le- lemmings didn't actually kill themselves? They like the Disney movie like pushed them off the cliff. Yeah, and, like, they did yeah. a documentary. On it because they're like they're not killing themselves. Disney, oh my That's god, that's so fucking evil. And the consensus has gone in and out with lemmings because they used to be like, oh yeah, it was only conception for that Disney movie. But also, apparently, they do kind of also do it, but that if it's like a dense population thing, but they're not really trying to do it. It's just like being pushed off because there's too many of them. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably where it like the rumor came from and then D- Disney just fucking catapulted it into the sun. <sighs> yeah. And then with other animals, so what you were talking about sort of before, like with the orcas, that's been noticed. There was a bear in a Chinese bear farm because they hi- um, cause they the uh, get the bile, bile, yeah. bile extract, and that bear smothered her cub and then killed herself. So all the newspapers were like, oh, like, you know, she was doing it to – save this bear from, like, years of torture. But, again, maybe she was just so stressed out that that's Human beings are cancelled. <laughs> Pretty much. And then you've got things like parasites. So things that kind of – there's those – lots of insects that do the sort of thing. So there's this Toxoplasma gondii, mm-hmm. and that gets into mice and switches off their fear of cats because it wants the cats to eat them so it can – also infect the cats and there's the parasitic fungus that gets into ants cordyceps yep (laughs) just like um last of us which is a great game if you i'll show you some of that later i think you might like it (laughs) it's very story driven like you know one of those very cinematic games where it's almost like watching a movie i've watched luke play it yeah i did it well because they have the cordyceps things based in there but it's like more human there are spiders That'll let like their baby spiders eat them, but it's kind of like more like a 
parental the circle of life but yeah the real question comes down to like whether they can consider things in the future so like obviously we do kind of know animals do do things that well and obviously when you say animals that's a vast array of fuckers Mm. so you've got everything from something that's not very intelligent to like dolphins and chimps and stuff that kind of know what they're about so i am really scared of chimps look that's fair like i won't i won't go near them even at a zoo real i think yeah because my mom my mom and dad lived in india for a little while like just i think yeah just before they had me and my mom has all of these stories about how devious they are (laughs) and (laughs) the closer you get to humans the more like fucked up things get right yeah and yeah their eyes creep me out (laughs) because they they look like people trapped in monkey (laughs) bodies let's just i'm just gonna shut up no i'm loving it so much so, yeah, like, animals can show forethought. So you, there's lots of animals that'll cache food to eat it later. Birds do that. Again, uh, dogs. Actually, I don't know how much dogs remember. As, as so much they're like, ooh, a surprise bone. <laughs> but, yeah, birds definitely, like, plan out and leave it. And then things like, again, our, our human ape friends and chimp friends and stuff, they'll, mm. they'll leave it. That's kind of just the segue into our topic. And I guess... To begin with, I'd like to cast you back to 1845. I'm there. You're there? What do you look like? Uh, <laughs> what are you wearing? Well, Queen Victoria has been on the throne for eight years, so we're still doing the the bun that's parted in the middle with the two ringlets right down the side of the face, but we're also getting less of like a less of a girly thing and more of like a serious lady thing kind of more like a classical goth as opposed to like a lolita goth yeah so we're not we're not we're not doing like the the bows and the petticoats anymore we're doing more of like a shawl and a lace cap i like it yeah okay well that's the vibe yeah so there was this story that this black dog and it was meant to be like a, a valuable someone's valuable pet or something and he was reported to have just thrown himself in the water and people very much characterize this as like a suicidal type thing because he didn't doggy paddle he just yeeted himself into the water and then just kind of bricked himself and then the weirder part too is someone dragged him out and then he went back into the water if it weren't for the fact that one of the symptoms is violent hydrophobia, my first thought would be rabies. Yeah, true, true, true. Do they have rabies in the UK? I don't know. If you're from the UK, tell us if you have rabies. <laughs> I mean, in your country, you, you personally. not you specifically. So, again, for international listener people, if you're from the US, yeah, that's a you problem. We don't have rabies. <laughs> Um, I, th- I think I think the Brits are just like we've already had mad cow disease. If you give us rabies as well, we're so <laughs> mad. So one of the questions, if you give blood here, not to do with rabies, to do with mad cow, it's like, were you ever in the UK between whatever year it was and this year? And then mm. if you answer yes, you can't give blood because they're like, well, you clearly have mad cow. Yeah, yeah. I I think yeah because my my aunt and uncle lived in Wales during the height of the mad cowage. 
and they can't they, they can't give blood. I don't think their kids yeah. can either. Yeah, okay. And uh, I, I don't knows? know why how that works though. But, I don't yeah. know how disease works, especially specifically mad cow. Because it's a, it's, it's, a, a, it's a specific question on our blood. Um, they don't ask you shit about rabies, but because I think that's because it's more friggin' apparent. Like if you've had rabies, you probably had it and then died. It, you just like walk <laughs> walk into the blood bank like. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, this poor poor wee doggy. Yeah, he succeeded in his apparent suicide mission mm-hmm. so that's a bit fucked up mm-hmm. now what we are going to talk about is overton bridge so overton bridge is near dumbarton scotland and many call it the the bridge of death in the past 50 or so years and keep in mind because when it's this sort of thing, a lot of it's anecdotal because mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's just out there with like a pen and paper being like, yep, dog, tally, dog, tally. <laughs> There's another one. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. I think, again, this is one of the things that you've got to sort of like laugh along with because it's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, and like, look, I very much like dogs. I don't want them to die. And yeah. So according to the New York Times, local researchers sort of said that it's been reported about 300 dogs have jumped off the bridge, but tabloids, which between the tabloids and the local researchers, I don't know who you want to believe, but the tabloids said that the, the number is closer to 600. Mm. But <clears throat> I guess if you're not aware who the local researcher is, you're like, Lassie's done it again. <laughs> like you're probably more likely to tell the paper than old mate from the historical society. Mm. I don't know. But – Again, one of those things, I don't know who's keeping a tally on this, so it could be happening a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a lot still anyway. And they think about there's been records about at least 50 dogs dying as a result of these leaps. Mm-hmm. So there are also people that have jumped and died and jumped and survived. So it's about a 50-foot plunge. Mm-hmm. So... You can make it. I wouldn't want to do it. Wouldn't want to take my chances. Mm -hmm. And again, sort of similar to that story we were talking about that dog before, many of the animals that have survived have gone and done it again. Like immediately after? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. Which I hate. I hate that so much. Yeah. Because you'd think, yeah, like if it had a, a reasonable explanation, I mean, dogs can be pretty dumb, but <laughs> I think most of them would know enough to be like, that hurt the last time I did that, especially if it was like five seconds ago. Mm. So <laughs> I'm, I'm building theories in my head, but I'm going to save them for the end. Oh, cool. Well, look, um, I have a theory section. So if you want to chuck some sprinkles in there as we go, you're most welcome to, or I can ask you at the end what you, you think. Uh, especially after being, you know, learned by my information. Consistently, there's a few things that commonly happen when the dogs do this. They tend to go between the final two pillars on the right of the bridge. Mm-hmm. So there's these two specific pillars at the right of the sort of end of the bridge, and it seems to be there for whatever reason. Also... It mostly is reported to happen on sunny days, which is, it's like unusual for the area. It's unusual for Western Scotland. So luckily they don't have a lot of sunny days because if it's connected to that 
then probably mm. there might be a lot more uh, dogs doing so. Horror. Yeah. I'd be so horrible to witness. So I just thought I'd share a few modern stories of this happening. Mm. In 2016, dog owner, whose name was Lottie, she was walking her border collie, whose name was Bonnie, mm. and they were walking over the bridge. And uh, Lottie said that she could feel like something, you know, the dog sort of changed uh, her personality all of a sudden. Uh, so the quote here is, something overcame Bonnie as soon as we approached the bridge. At first, Bonnie froze, but then she became possessed by a strange energy and ran and jumped off the parapet. Not good. So when when she says that it be, it the dog did became it grow, possessed, <laughs> but if like the dog's personality changed, like did it become like did it start like growling and? No, I think it's more the frozen. So they were walking along. I mean, that's just what a friend I have here because I didn't really interview her. But it just seems like dog was. You know, chill, doing dog things, yeah. living its best life, Sniffing and then things. was kind of just like, "Holy shit!" Ooh. and kind of froze up, and then went num. Oh, but luckily Bonnie mm. did survive, so that's good. that's good. I love that her name's Bonnie. So oh. I know it's so Scottish. We Bonnie lass. I know. So then. Lottie went down, she approached the dog, Bonnie started to whimper, tried to stand up, and basically Lottie said it was a miracle that she survived, but I'm so glad that she did. Mm. Good for you, Bonnie. This was recent-ish, so she's probably still alive. Lottie, the owner, said, other bridges don't have troubled spirits lurking about. So I would say that's probably means that that's her theory about what has happened. Mm. Despite having this reputation it is still a pretty popular dog walking spot and it's legally i think it's an off-leash area mm-hmm. but there are all these signs up there being like it's dangerous put your dog on a lead mm-hmm. there's a couple of interviews here emma dunlop that's another dog owner she said she'd heard about these horror stories and took her dog ginger for a walk and then in the uh interview because I think they just went out there and they're like talking to these people as they're walking their dogs being like oh what do you think like of Overton Bridge and it says here Ginger froze looking back intently at something on the bridge which appeared empty to human eyes and then it says Miss Dunlop said aye there she is there's the white lady we'll get into her later okay there is a theoretical ghost because of course there is Oh, okay. For some reason, I was just like, I thought they were referring to it, the dog as the white lady. And yeah. I was just like. <laughs> I just like she's walking the dog getting interviewed about this. The dog like arcs up at something and she's like, yep, that's the gross. <laughs> Lottie is not the only person who's had the dog in recent years sort of have their dog go a little nuts. So like it's still happening is what mm. I'm trying to get at. So in 2011, David and Louise McPhail were walking a Labrador named Sophie over the bridge and Louise had her on the lead, and before she pretty much even noticed, Sophie had just jumped. Mm. And they just said it was seconds, like it was so quickly. And it doesn't say whether Sophie lives, so mm. <laughs> hope you're okay, Sophie. But, yeah, obviously the question is why. This sort of trend has – a trend, that's probably not the right word. Phenomenon. Um, right word. Yeah, this phenomena has sort of made people wary alarmed, concerned. Among the Dumbarton residents, 
they actually had the Scottish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals uh, sent out to investigate, mm-hmm. and they couldn't find anything. Obviously, they have theories, but they didn't find anything definitive. There was also a man named uh, Dr. Sands, and he travelled out to do a documentary in 2005, and he said when he was doing this investigation for TV, he said, just me as a person, forget a dog, all your senses are on fire. It's got a strange feeling. Mm. I just thought I'd kind of give you a little recap of the history, mm. and then, yeah, we'll, we'll get into some theories about what the fuck is wrong with this place <laughs> to begin with. There was a place called Overton Farm and there was this beautiful farmhouse which used to be there but there's now a formal sort of garden there which I think is like, you know, state-owned or something. In 1859, the estate was purchased by a man named James White Mm. and he had retired from his legal practice to work with his father, and his uncle in the chemical manufacturing business. Chemicals, there's a theory. I didn't even put that one there. What? <laughs> sorry, what year is this? Uh, 1859, yep. so yep. quite quite a while ago. And then he was the one that built the Overton house there on the property. When his dad, so Mr. White Sr. died, which was 1884, the son hired a landscape designer to make a bridge to join Overton with, the nearby Gar Shake. Yeah, so Mr. White was the one that commissioned landscape designer Henry Milner to make this bridge. And the old bridge as it stands is still, it's like an extension of the driveway that joins the house. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, it was completed in 1895 and has been popular with pedestrians pretty much ever since, uh, particularly dog owners because it is very lush and green and pretty, although, again, it's Scotland, so yeah. quite a bit of it is. Can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> although at the moment we are quite green. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, remember the droughts? Remember the fires? <laughs> remember when the entire country, like, burned to a crisp and then we got a pandemic? Yeah, it's it's been a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we have some grass now. That's nice. The house itself sits on a hill which over overlooks the river. And have you ever seen Cloud Atlas? Yes. I have not, but apparently it's the house that was used in Cloud Atlas. Can you oh, picture that? Vaguely. Oh, well, look, we can do an easy, sneaky Google after this, but it's, yeah. yeah, it's that house. And people have said that the house is haunted, but, again, what we were just saying, you know, like, Scotland's pretty green and lush anyway. But also, like, Scotland's pretty old. So yeah. Presumably it's pretty haunted. That's how it works. Yeah. Just some ghost playing the bagpipe. <laughs> it does something, like, um, intrinsically to me. Like, <laughs> just something about pipes or all those, like, because my family's, like, very Celtic. Yeah. And I don't know, it does something, like, primal to me. <laughs> my my grandfather was the exact opposite because he played the euphonium in a military band. <laughs> and he, euphonium, I love it. And he used to march behind the bagpipe players. And so if any if he was ever anywhere and there'd be bagpipes, oh, he, no. he was very mild-mannered and would never be like, shut the fuck up. But, yeah. like. Not the, a fan. No, the look on his face was just like with the eye twitch. Oh, shout out to my mate Henry. I don't know if you've listened to this podcast at all, but I'll tell you to now. That's so weird. You- my grandfather's name was Henry too. 
Oh my god, ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> but also, is Henry a Scottish name? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, you yeah. know. Well, my mate Henry, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, but shout out to my friend Henry who plays the bagpipes. Good lad. Yeah, here, here comes the theories. Here comes the theories. Do, 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 do. The first one. Mm. Of course, we have to discuss the possibility that there is some supernatural nonsense going on because... Supernatural nonsense is what I live for, honestly. <laughs> Again, they interviewed a local taxi driver, which is great because I feel like they know what's going on. Oh, yeah. So he said his name's Alistair Dutton, which oh, I have family that are Duttons. Hmm. Maybe he's my long lost cousin man thing. Cousin man. <laughs> cousin man. Cousin man. <laughs> not Peter Dutton, <laughs> not claiming him. He's a politician. He's a potato. Yeah, <laughs> both. <laughs> he said, people in Dumbarton are very superstitious. We grew up playing in the Overton grounds and we believe in ghosts here because we've all seen or felt spirits up there. So that's creepy. Generally speaking, it does sort of say like Dumbarton restaurant. Uh, restaurants. Holy shit, it's the soup knowledge again. <laughs> Dumbarton residents are kind of superstitious. So, I mean, that kind of goes to play into all this stuff how can you live in scotland and not be superstitious though like don't they have haunted fog and shit right haunted (laughs) stones and body stealers and oh i love it yeah (laughs) (laughs) i really really want to go to the motherland one day Mm. so there we go got some scottish fam bam sure they'll let me stay hopefully their places aren't haunted Give you some haggis. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've had haggis. It's really good. I'm sorry. I know I'm being oh, culturally Oh, no, you're, you're a vegetarian. <laughs> I, think, I think haggis is the least vegetarian food that ever existed. Yeah, soz guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're really into your deep fried stuff too. Um, we can compromise. Mm. <laughs> Do you want to be culturally insensitive? But, like, when it's your own culture, does that count? I don't know. But, I mean, like, I'm removed from it, so probably I think it's if it's gentle ribbing, it's gentle fine. Ribbing, yeah. Yeah. So Jenna, uh, 20, she's from Glasgow because, of course, she is. She got interviewed and she said, I've walked the bridge the first time I reached a point and it was as if the air got thinner. My stomach jumped. A bit like when you miss a step going down a flight of stairs. That's a great description. Thanks, Jenna. The second time, I just couldn't stop feeling like there was something bad that was going to happen. There was a woman with a dog at the end of the bridge and the dog would not take a step forward. Later, I found out that a couple of dogs had jumped to their death from the bridge that weekend. Mm. So that's not good. Now, back to our mate, John White. So many locals are convinced that the basis, the energy behind the goings on Mm. is the white lady of overton who uh is speculated to be the ghost of john white's grieving widow Mm. they say she haunts the property to this day now brings me to a point here which is off track but i feel like it's important discourse Mm. why is it with ghosts it's always like the white lady or like the gray ghost or like black or whatever i want me a hot pink 80s ghost Oh, yes. Right? Aesthetic. I'm just trying to think. See, the only ghost I've heard of, like, that's had colours 
associated with it. And look, I did consider doing something local for like this creepy places thing. I've talked about it off the podcast, I think, but in Tamworth, so where I'm from originally, there's meant to be a ghost called the Blue Man, which mm. is meant to like haunt the uh, theatre there. And they say he was crushed to death by stage lights and he is meant to be a blue man. Mm. But I don't think there's like enough out of it to do like an episode because I think what I've said is pretty much the story. Well, maybe maybe it's to distinguish to distinguish the ghost from like living people. It's just like there's a man. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> the white man. <laughs> white men are pretty scary too. Yeah. So there have been ghost sightings around the grounds of where that house and the homestead and things were, and. Some people do believe that, yeah, this this ghost lady who is probably John White's uh, grieving widow is compelling the dogs to jump to their deaths. Don't know why. Maybe she's lonely. Mm-hmm. There's no <laughs> there's no discourse suggest like she hated dogs or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you always kind of wonder if it's like malicious or not. Like if there's a ghost like that, because again, it's like the animal suicide thing. I don't know how culpable they are. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is when we get into our not so fun part. I mean, not like the rest of it was super fresh and fly either. Mm-hmm. But there has also been a horrible, horrible human death connected to the bridge. In 1994, there was a 32-year-old man named Kevin Moy. Is this who you were talking about before? Yeah. And he threw his son off the bridge. And again, they've noticed here noted here that it was a sunny day. Mm-hmm. So I just find it so weird that it seems to be. But I mean, a man did that in Melbourne. Yeah. About oh, probably, was it like 10 years ago? Or maybe it was less than that. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, I think sadly people, it happens. People are just garbage. I guess. I feel like I had to mention it though. Oh yeah, like it, it's definitely it's definitely not it's definitely weird. Yeah, especially well, especially when we get a bit more into it, and you're kind of yeah, that's a little wild. Because mm. you said you'd heard of this. Did you know his reasons for doing this? No. Okay, so the son unfortunately did die as a result of this. Kevin tried to kill himself, but he was restrained by his wife. The mother of the child, that's so, oh, God. And he was taken to the hospital. He had, he attempted to slash his wrists and he was taken into custody. Now, he, that is uh, Kevin Moy, he had had like a, a depression, mental illness thing ever since he had contracted, and this was one of those things, again, medical, because when you say it and you fuck it up, myalgic Encephalopathy. I panicked halfway through that and I was just like, Ooh! Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't even look that hard to say. It's just got a lot of syllables and I can't do this. Encephalopathy. Yeah. So, what, like some kind of brain inflammation infection thing? Sounds like a nightmare. That's that's what I'm going with. No, itis is inflammation. So, pathy is, uh, yeah. Well, he had something going on. <laughs> so, he'd had that eight years ago, but ever since then he'd been kind of mentally ill so there's kind of a direct connection between this disease he had which is unfortunate because i think it'd just be one of those things where it's like well what if what if what if but yes he believed that he himself was the antichrist and as a result of this by extension his son that he murdered was satan 
Now, this is one of the things that I'm like, this is weirdly specific, but go off. He relayed to the police that he and the the son were responsible for the Gulf War, which okay. makes me think not demons and something that you've picked up from TV. Yeah. it would have been 1994. It would have been on the media a lot then. So probably going to go with mental illness for this one. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, he believed that by killing himself and the son that he was saving the world is his justification there. And I don't think there's any question that that's pretty much what happened, that his brain was disease-riddled and that happened. Mm. And, yeah, he thought they were going to destroy the world with a virus. No coronas theories, please. <laughs> well, I mean, I just – I get mad when I hear about – because it, it happens over and over and over again, like Lori Vallow – in the States, her and her boyfriend killed her kids because she thought that they were zombies. Yeah. And that poor lady, Yates, Andrea Yates, who drowned her children because she thought that Satan was coming for them. That's so it's, it's so – and you want to be angry at the parent, but you sort of think like oh, – Imagine being them after, if you had been treated afterwards and then like you sort of come to and you just be like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. He was found not guilty by reason of insanity and he was detained in the state hospital. Whilst, yeah, as we can kind of say, like it's, it's pretty much conclusively connected to this illness, but the fact that it was that bridge and the fact it was a sunny day, mm-hmm. which again is quite rare and that seems to be when all the dog stuff happens, kind of added fuel to the fire. Yeah, I wonder Yeah, I wonder if it was the intersection between the the – mental like sorry the 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 actual like scientific mental illness aspect of it and the paranormal that sort of boiling point yeah like if he was weakened Mm. in like a vulnerable state i guess either way you see it if there's a creepy place and you're kind of not so mentally like even if the ghosts aren't whispering shit to you you'd probably still have like connected in your brain like the gulf war thing he's popped that from tv so he might have sort of absorbed that from like other people around him that that bridge was a bad place. 2016, I went through some shit in sort of early to mid 2016, and then we went on a trip to Tasmania, and we visited Port Arthur, mm. which is, as far as places go, about as cursed as it's possible to be. And I, I got really upset. Like you know, when you just, I felt heavy. And yeah. exhausted for days afterwards. So I think we might have mentioned Port Arthur, but I'll just give a quick recap yeah. for uh, anyone that doesn't know about it, especially the non-Australians. But Port Arthur was the site of a, a mass murder in 1996. No, oh, I love yeah. that. You know, specifically, I was just going to go approximate. But yeah, so that was the kind of mass murder that we had, and that's kind of why we did the whole buy back the guns thing and made it- our... It's Gun the, laws tight. It's the one thing that I respect former Prime Minister John Howard for. I uh, kind of respect his eyebrow game. Oh yeah, a little bit. They give out. They give you pamphlets when you go there that say, "Don't ask the staff about the shooting because some of them still who oh. were who were there still Jesus work there." Jesus Christ! Yeah, way to trigger somebody's PTSD. And it's just, but which which fuck knuckles are going up to be- people and being like, "Tell me about this." My well, I guess like journalists and stuff too, or anything because yeah. it is so. It's it's very much like it's a big thing for Australia because it 
doesn't really happen here that often, mm-hmm. you know. My parents did their honeymoon there in New Zealand. They did Tasmania in New Zealand, so they have stayed at Port Arthur, mm-hmm. but uh, prior to this uh, event happening. But yeah, there are some places I always feel, and I guess totally different for different reasons, but because, you know, I've sort of been loosely planning a trip to Japan for a while and I always feel like if I go to the Hiroshima Museum stuff, I always feel like I would have that, like I would feel sick, I think, or if I went to like any of the concentration camp stuff in Germany. I I don't think I could handle it. Well, even just thinking about it, like I feel sick. Yeah. So I have been to Alcatraz and I didn't, I didn't get a vibe. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I say I've been to Alcatraz, I mean, sorry, I, I should specify, like I've been around, I haven't been physically the in the building. But you, didn't I've been get, in the, you didn't go to, you, you were in Clint Eastwood, went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have um, <laughs> surveyed the area and I, I didn't get, I didn't see it and be like, oh, my spidey sense is tingling. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool, Alcatraz. So at, at Port Arthur, they have a, you go on a boat around this island because because it, it was a penal colony in the 1800s and it was like young boys who had done like maybe a minor crime were locked up with people who were hardened evil dudes and just unspeakable things happened and they their graveyard is on a separate island because so many people were dying. Jesus. So you and they take you on a boat tour around this death island. And the day that we went, it was really overcast and rainy. And yeah, Oof. I think a piece of my soul broke off and stayed there. <laughs> well, hopefully if your soul's there, it's like tending to the tortured souls there and being nice to them. Yeah. But this conversation actually uh, segues really nicely into my next point, which I was just going to talk about how the Overton Bridge and the Overton House have sort of um, like an association as being a a thin place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like Celtic myths are, or I mean, I guess it's probably not just exclusively to the, the, you know, the Celts, like it's kind of all over, where the spirit and our world uh, intersect or, or are particularly close. So, yeah, many people sort of believe that it specifically is one of those places. There was a psychic named Mary Armour. She took her Labrador for a walk there. She said she didn't really feel anything too weird, although she did admit that her dog pulled to the right of the bridge. I think that's pretty cool because I feel like when you have a psychic go out there specifically to investigate, it's kind of ballsy to be like, yeah, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Because it's almost like you expect someone to play on the aspect of it and be like, oh, yeah, totally felt it weird. And the other thing she was like, yeah, my dog pulled to the right, which is, you know, it's between those two pillars that they say the dogs tend to jump. So her dog did pull to the right, but she didn't sense anything Mm. weird. Now, so that's our sort of uh, truncated version of the supernatural, but there's also various scientific theories of varying degrees of believability (laughs) can i say what my theory is and you tell me if it's on the list yeah sure infrasound yes cool i thought it might be so that's actually straight up you're so good at this (laughs) uh so some people think that obviously dogs have a different hearing range to us so they think that there's some kind of sound that's only audible to them 
and they think it's possibly related to you know the structure of the bridge or something like that and mm-hmm. there's an anomaly in the acoustics or something like something about how it's designed is either trapping sound or making it echoed and louder so also if if humans can't perceive a sound or like audibly we it will still there was a if the, a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you you there you mentioned that there was a lady who said that she felt like something bad was about to happen. Mm. Like that's a symptom of right. Yeah, there. yeah. I guess that's a really good connection that you made there. Yeah, like maybe we still get. There's all the theories about sounds unnerving us that we can't hear. Mm. Still giving you that. Ooh, I don't like this feeling. And again, could be connected to the supernatural. Mm. You know, it all interplays. You can all kind of stitch it together. People who believe this theory also talk about how there's telephone pylons there and there is also a nuclear base. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? There's also a nuclear base nearby. I feel like this um, is a key detail. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a place called Fastlane nearby and there is a nuclear base there. So obviously, again, I don't know what they're doing at this nuclear base. They could be doing nothing good by the sound <laughs> of it. But they could be theoretically creating a noise with whatever operational stuff they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a huge amount of information about the nuclear base because I guess like there is probably like privacy around it. So maybe that's something to look into further, but I couldn't really find anything too well, nothing juicy. You can find out that there's a nuclear base. Hmm. And that stuff goes on. Yeah. <laughs> People that they've brought in that are like sound experts, they haven't found anything that would support this theory. Mm. So continuing on the theories about, you know, sort of science and senses, another big one is things about smell. Again, obviously dogs have a different perception of smell than us. They are so, so, so much better. They love smells. And, yeah, they really do. And as I've said, like, it's quite green. It's quite lush. Therefore, there is quite a lot of small mammals, things like rodents and stuff, chilling around the universe. <laughs> Again, there is a sort of connection. Maybe the structure of the bridge is kind of doing something to amplify it. I don't really know how that works, but I guess like a bowl or something, like if it's trapped and like the sense can't go anywhere yeah. or like under the bridge. like it. Now, compounding this, dogs also don't see that well, like compared to humans. They're not terrible, but we see better than dogs, yeah. which is kind of, I don't know, weird in the animal kingdom. They always consider us pretty crap. <laughs> <laughs> Most things. So Dr. Sands, the guy I was talking about before that was working on the documentary, he kind of ruled out sight-related things because, yeah, like a, I mean, yeah, like dogs have worse eyesight than owls, but I guess if they see differently, maybe there's something that they can see that we can't see. Hmm. But, yeah, he ruled it out because also from a dog's eye viewpoint, you can't really see beyond the wall. Like you can just see granite. So, so it's do not they, like they can stare off into the distance. So they don't, down. they don't know that they're jumping off a bridge into the water? Not necessarily, no. Because they don't really have like a good perception of ups that, and downs. And- t- to me, that just makes it even spookier because it's... You're jumping into a completely unknown fucking thing. I'm, I don't even know what, this, what, it, what I'm jumping into, but mm-hmm. I know that I have to get away from this space yeah, now. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> 
because yeah, they're about you know was a normal dog like your knee level or something a bit higher depending on how big the dog is and they can't really see over the top of the thing that's the thing too they kind of have to go up and over Mm -hmm. which i feel like is a lot more effort than like if there were no barriers at all to just like run up to it Mm -hmm. yeah so dogs have about a hundred thousand times better smell than us and yeah, we all know they're attracted to things. So that's why dogs do things like bring us dead birds and poop and mm. things like that. Now, this is kind of interesting in the, you know, if we're still in the science sort of realm, it's very interesting that a lot of the dogs that have been involved in a jump have been sort of like tested because people would kind of be like, is there something common to these breeds? Mm. And David Sexton, he's an animal habitat expert from the Royal Society of Prevention. Uh, for, sorry, the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. Don't know what he's doing with these dogs, but like whatever, birds, dogs. He said that the dogs that they had tested were <laughs> long-nosed breeds and they reacted strongly to the odour of mix. So basically his theory was because they have like these long noses Mm. they were hypersensitive to smelling minks and he also connected this to oh well like if it's sunny it's probably drier which means the scent's probably more clear Mm. because obviously if you have rain it probably dampens and interferes with all that sort of stuff but i mean Lots of people are still like, nah, man, that's bullshit. I'm just judging him because he's a bird expert. So, again, I'm like, what you, what you talking about this for? Yeah. <laughs> but also you still kind of remains like, why did the deaths occur at that same spot between the two sort of lumpy bits? <laughs> and mm-hmm. why, like, dogs don't tend to jump to their death off other bridges that are known to have minks. Okay. So it's still kind of weird. A mink's like, particularly smelly? To a dog, yeah. I mean, look, they're related to ferrets. Yeah. I have ferrets. Ferrets are particularly smelly. They're muster lids. Yeah. I assume they're probably quite smelly. But as I said, there are other areas in the UK, in Europe, that have minks. And no, there's no statistical huge buildup about the minks. Mm. So... I feel like maybe you'd have to at least combine it with the theory about there's something about that structure of the bridge that enhances it mm. somehow. But yes, the and that's pretty much like the conclusion of what I have. Mm. Did you have anything else you kind of wanted to weigh in on theory-wise? I feel like if the local council is intervening, that's something. If they're like... Right, like it's not just like a a, a couple of dogs did it so they're Oh, hyping it up for the media. Yeah. And getting the the Scottish prevention of cruelty to animals and stuff. Yeah. It's happening commonly enough that it's a problem. I would... I did read in one of the articles, but I didn't actually, like, put it in my notes here. But they... Some people have suggested, like, can we not make the sides higher? Because <laughs> it's just kind of fucked up. But, I mean, if, if the dog is that determined, what the well, fuck? Well, yeah, like, what can you do to stop? It's I do find it particularly concerning, yeah, the ones that do it again. Because it's, okay, yeah, there are tons. I guess our equivalent would be rabbits. Like, we don't really have, like, wild mink running here. Mm. And maybe rabbits don't smell as good. But a dog, I just can't imagine a dog 
chasing a rabbit to the detriment of like it gets really hurt and then continues to do it. Mm. That's the part that gets me. The, they the do continual. They do chase rabbits down wombat yeah. burrows and get then the, the wombat will crush them against the wall of the burrow. Yeah. Which, but I don't think that's no. The, they don't understand the causation of like. Yeah, I think that's more of like a lack of awareness than a deliberate choice. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, again, with this, it, there's just too many steps of it. It it's just the fact that they have to kind of go over it. Yeah. So you have to I mean, dogs ignore their owners. <laughs> that happens. So <laughs> that the fact that they some of them have gotten slipped their collar, gotten off the lead to do this, jumped off, been rescued, and then come back and done it again. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's gotta be something that's like particularly enhanced. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I really wish there was more on, say, like, the white lady, but it's not really. Like, it's just very standard ghost stock sort of fare. Like, you know, there's a ghost, people see her in windows, people see her at the house. I couldn't really find anything about what her characteristics were apart from people think that she's connected to the dogs. The first thing that actually popped into my mind when you were talking about the backstory was that I was sort of like, I beg you anything, Mr. Milner built the bridge, like Mil- Milner, the the, arch- mm, the yeah. engineer, built the bridge at Mr. White's behest yeah. and then Mr. White didn't pay him. And so, so he, he was he put it? a curse on it. <laughs> Look into this, like, um, Milner character. I mean, that's what I would do. You would hex it? Yeah. Nice. You give me some serious uh, witch energy. Do I? Yeah, but I feel like all the all the cool kids do, <laughs> all the, the cool femmes I know. I don't know. <laughs> I've I've never done magic. I've accidentally been very psychic. Excuse me, you did make a potion. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that was more like foolish, foolishness, and <laughs> uh, death wish. But yeah, I I won't I won't talk about it on the pod because it's it's a bit dark and personal. But yeah, I I might. I've had some stories that I've been dying to tell you about my family. Yeah. That actually kind of segues into this. So I will quickly just recap a story. As I said before, my family is uh, quite Celtic. We even, near where we live, there's Gleninus with Mm -hmm. the standing stones. I think I've told you about this. But the southernmost point in those standing stones in Gleninus are from my, you know, ancestor family people. When did they become an ancestor? How long ago does it have to be? Because it's relatively recent, I guess. Mm. But we, my family has the, the southernmost stone in Gleninus. But, you know, I think as we were discussing before, like with Celtic stuff, with, you know, Scottish, Gaelic, Welsh stuff, there is a lot of connection with psychic sort of the, mystical energy. The people of the far northern isles of Scotland, which is where my yeah paternal grandma's family are from, are supposedly like extremely in tune with the paranormal yeah so my look i might be saying the generational thing wrong but i'm gonna say my great grandmother could have been like great great Mm. don't know but there's a story that was told in my family that so they were you know out in the out in the bush here or whatever and that my great great whoever Mm. (laughs) yeah i'll just say my grandmother but it's like no, it's not my grandmother. It's a bit further back than that. But she was like, something bad's going to happen. Boil the water. Cut some rags. Mm-hmm. And the kids did that. 
and a little while later a man came to the house and he'd been cutting he'd been cutting um, trees with his axe and he'd fallen off his horse and kind of scalped himself taken off like the top with his axe and had fallen on it mm. and yes as as family legend would have it that she saved his life by being you know <laughs> boil the water by foretelling S- scalp emergency yeah by having foretold these events i mean if you're gonna be a psychic be a useful psychic yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah uh so yeah that's a, one of the stories there there are more uh family I'm gonna, stories i'm gonna needle you until you tell them to me because i fucking love this shit <laughs> but i think that's look that's what ties in it today yeah. and uh we'll save another one for another appropriate topic yeah so miss ward you want to tell me some creepy shit i do Pop my specs on. <laughs> yeah, you look very serious. I guarantee you, I'm going to trip over my words. It, like, you know, when you you go and 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 then you yes. stop. Yep. And you lose all your momentum, and then you're just like, Ooh. oh, that's exactly how I feel with, as I said, with my assignments this week. So sorry if we're a bit lackluster. I still think we're uh, quite enjoyable, but we are both dead. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think not in a cool ghost way. We're doing we're doing our best. Between the Lord's work. The Maud's work. <laughs> These are some little bibs and bobs that I got off TripAdvisor. Amazing place to visit. Beautiful service, lovely, friendly people. Shared bathrooms, four, small, but all you need. Lawrence and Olive and staff are such wonderful hosts. Sounds like a great place for a weekend bush getaway. No. I'm scared already. Your eyebrows are just so intense. <laughs> like, when you said No, it's just when you said no, they friggin' popped and I was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> so I'd like to take you on a trip to the land of my forefathers, what is known as the great far west of New South Wales, home to such bustling hotspots as Collieamberley, Leeton, Carathool, Belranald, Hay and Maud. <laughs> I was not. So the place is actually called Maud. Yeah, I friggin' love it. Is it spelt like your Maud? No, or... differently. Okay, with an E. Yep. Yeah. Maud spelt with without an E, just so y'all know, because all you fans trying to get her attention. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I was not named after this town. Interestingly, uh, it's spelled differently to my name. Another gem. Oh, I was on your notes. <laughs> Another gem of the arid plains is one tree, thusly named because of its one tree. I, I have heard of the, the one tree. So when I'm getting a visual of this area, what I'm thinking, like we're a bit deserty, like Very. we're talking west, but like deserty west. And I know there's like the Hay River, mm. which has which has water. That was a dumb sentence. Murrumbidgee. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's all I've got. There's desert and there's, there's Hay River. Mm. Yeah. So I grew up in Hay. I lived there until I was, I think, 13. Yeah, that's quite significant, like um, in regards to your development. Yeah, and my family goes back, I think, four generations in that area. Oh, wow. Okay, so like, yeah, you are, when you say you're forebearers, you can't mean it. Mm-hmm. Mine got around. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, my, my, my dad, my dad's dad, and then my, my grandfather grew up there, and my grandmother grew up like an hour away in Helston. And their their whole families still live there. So there's just bicycles everywhere. Yeah. Bicycles everywhere. It makes it sound like a disease. I like that you have a name that's like not common enough 
that if you saw someone that you name, you'd probably vaguely consider that you were like family. Well, interestingly enough, I was at work and I took a I took a call in my professional capacity. I won't go into detail, but I noticed that the person I was talking to that their postcode was two seven double one, and she I was just like, oh, you're you hey, live hey. you live in hay, and she asked me what my full name was. And I, I told her because I was just like, this is not a serial killer. And, sure. <laughs> That's what she wanted you to think. And because my auntie is the principal of the primary school there. And she was just like, you're not related to XYZ, are you? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, she's my aunt. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think it's a combination of small enough to know kind of everyone, but also that your name's like not super common. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like weird, unusual, but it's not hella common like me. Hmm. But as far as I know, I'm not related to any of like the woodses, like that apart from the ones I know, because we're yeah. not we're not that Australianized, and yeah, it, it's actually wood like it was woad, but people couldn't spell, so it's woods now. Mm. And that's like the the Scottish wall point paint. Yeah. So like, think Braveheart, eat your heart out. <laughs> it's because they eat your eye out. That's <laughs> yeah, Braveheart, eat your heart out. Oh, imagine if Woad came back into fashion. That would be lit. Yeah, so I, I talk a lot of shit about my hometown, but in actual fact I had a mostly pretty rad childhood. And I think a flat desert hellscape is really good for building character. Oh, it's so, so atmospheric, though. When I think Australian Gothic, I either think places like that or <laughs> you got the look, oh, God, or, I don't know, something haunting about, like, the shops and, like, the RSL and the fish and chip shop. Mm-hmm. So the summer of 1999, we hit 47 degrees Celsius at around nine in the morning. School was cancelled and all the students were removed from the premises to the local pool. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and what would happen is that... 47, I can't... Uh, okay, yeah, I'm from Tamworth originally. Um, Tamworth gets hot. Tamworth gets hot. I can't I can't deal with it. That's yeah. why I moved to New England. Yeah. <laughs> Can't. But um, what would happen is that the the days would be so hot, but the the sun would bake the ground. Oh my god! So it even at night you couldn't get away from oh, it. Oh, like, I thought you were gonna say because there was no coverage, the nights were freezing, but you, the ground was boiling. Yeah. Oh, that is a hellscape. Because I yeah that that summer was particularly intense, and I remember we there was one room in the house that had an air conditioner oh, and so the whole around. the whole family because I, gr- I grew up in like a federation cottage yeah so um, it wouldn't have been the best with the yeah and so we all we all slept in the living room it was kind of fun actually it's, i had i have a sister who's very close to me in age and yeah we hung out that's wholesome i again this is one of those things i guess the disclaimer if i shit on like the weather there I do actually have a lot of respect. Like, I think Australia is very uniquely beautiful. Mm. I don't actually have a problem with any of these desert placey things, but I do hate the heat. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's – and I think I – it never really bothered me when I was a kid because I'd never known anything else. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only thing that was particularly problematic was that we had a lot of really intense dust storms where you couldn't see out your front windows. Did you get a lot of nosebleeds? Yeah. Yeah. I – I haven't been in that many, like, dust storms, but one year there was like, a dust storm and it was like, the Tamworth show. I don't remember ever having a nosebleed before that point and it was the day after and it was, like, the exorcist, but nose and blood and sort of split pea soup and vomit. Fuck. Yeah. That's amazing. 
We actually had an extra week of school holidays mandated by the government because it was that hot. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, look, that's fair. Like, as if you could um, concentrate. And I'm thinking too, 90s, mm. you didn't have aircon at school, did you? We, a lot of classes were undertaken into mountables. So. Yep, yep. No. This is bringing me back to Tamworth a little bit. Yeah. It's like more modern. I think there's more aircon and stuff in schools. But yeah, like Tamworth could get quite hot and we had ceiling fans. Mm. Yeah. There was one hill and it was artificial. It was built so the town folk could see a hill. We would stand on top of it and hit golf balls into the sun, an idyllic time. Not far from Hay is a town named Junee. It's a three-hour drive, which for that area is close. Junee is home to the one place that I want to visit more than anything in the world, apart from maybe the Palermo Catacombs, the Monte Cristo Homestead. Oh, oh shit. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I'm familiar. (laughs) Built in 1885 by local pioneer Christopher William Crawley, it is a double-story late Victorian style, so the like the big, the big square symmetrical facade with the big with the door in the middle and the big windows, yeah. floor-length windows. Yeah, I gotcha. It stands on top of a hill overlooking the town. Side note: the word pioneer is a fancy word for colonizer. Crawley doesn't sound like one of the bad ones, but it is what it is. These great land-owning own, families were built on the back of murdering and exploiting Aboriginal people, and I don't think that, even though it's it's probably a sensitive topic, I don't think that there's anything to be gained by, like, skirting over that fact. The descendants of Mr. Crawley remained in residence until 1948, whereupon the house stood empty, periodically checked in by a series of caretakers until 1963 when it was bought by Reg and Olive Ryan, who restored it to the museum standard of historical oh, accuracy. Wow. Like they have – I looked at a – so That was quite a long time that mm. the, the other people had it. The There's a picture that I saw where it's like a drawing room that's been set up of the time, but there's a, a mannequin dressed in – I already hate it. Period <laughs> clothing. I hate mannequins. They yeah. scare the shit out of me. And I was just like, that went from being lovely to being cursed. <laughs> the one mannequin I do like, though, have you been into town and there's that um, tailoring shop and they've got the little mask on it at the moment? I thought that was really cute. <laughs> I haven't been into town for ages. Yeah, look, fair. I yeah. you today was like my, my outing, <laughs> my time in the sun. <laughs> but, yeah, one of, the, one of the, like, I say one of, I don't know how many tailors there are. There's two as far as I'm aware. Okay. Oh, no, three. Yeah, well, yeah. look at Taylor sewing shop thing and they, they have little like face masks on their toes and I thought that was real cute. Yeah. Gotta wear your mask, people. Maybe it's a muzzle for them. Maybe because <laughs> the mannequins are evil. Oh. Can you imagine being one of those caretakers and it being, oh, you look at your roster and it's like, oh, I'm going to go up to Monte Cristo and <laughs> check that everything's okay and you're just getting your holy water out and Jeez. saying a few Hail Marys. It's so easy. So when we're talking about all this sort of mm. with the the bridge and stuff, I'm I'm sort of on the thing of like I don't think it's supernatural, blah, 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 blah. You get me on that bridge, especially if I had my dog with me. I'd fucking go nuts. Like I'd be so scared. Like, I definitely think I am susceptible to what, like psychosomatic stuff. Like you tell me that place is fucking haunted. We go stay there. I will be pissing my pants even though mm. I'm like, I'm a skeptic. <laughs> there was a – I used to rent a room – in a house in town. I only lived there for about, I think, two months. And it was some of the most, probably some of the most stressful two months of my life. And I, all, like, 
ever since I, I moved all my stuff in and I just felt bad. It just, yeah, you know, when you just feel... There's a vibe. Yeah, uncomfortable, wrong, you never... Which I guess that's one of the things because when you talk to people that are a bit more like into believing it, I've never really had... I guess momentarily I've been like upset, a bit freaked out or something, mm. but I can normally explain it away. But it turned out a man had hanged himself in the oh, room Jesus. that I rented. Yeah. Far out. Very intense. So I'll start off with some of the basics. Sorry, I just realized I sound so low energy, but it's only because I'm, I feel like I talked too quickly when I was doing my Theranos story. So I'm trying to like pace myself. So Mr. Crowley was a devout Roman Catholic and decided to name the great house Monte Cristo, meaning Mount of Christ. He gave generously to the town below, donating to the church and financing the construction of St. Joseph's Church and other civil projects. It soon became a symbol of what it meant to be a successful landowner in the region. It was a social centre, hosted balls and tennis parties and the region's first golf course. So, like, white man's paradise. Like, (laughs) just, yeah. The Crawleys had seven children. Helen Ann, called Lillian. Lydia Blanche. Florence Agnes. These are all great names, by Mm. the way. Very um, period. Angela Christina, who was nicknamed Pidge. And the boys, Mervyn Marmaduke, Aubrey Clarence, and Alphonse Hillary. So some very intense names. I'm here for that. I won't say his first and last names, but my older brother's middle names are Joseph William Francis Drake. And he he has a first and last name on either side of that too. Francis Drake, that's amazing. Yeah. I ended up with Maud, so I don't really have a leg to stand on. But, I mean, for the time, they probably weren't that wacky names. I was almost Shannon. I was almost Ursula. Oh, look, both of those are cool. (laughs) (laughs) Your sister doesn't have that weird a name, like, in comparison. No. Sorry, I shouldn't say that weird a name. It's not weird. (laughs) Your name isn't weird if you're listening to the podcast, which you probably are. Yeah, but my name was always Shannon after my aunt that died when she was a child. Mm. And then my I think my parents were kind of like, is that bad to, like, name her after? Like, is it a tribute or is it bad? I don't think it's bad. I think it's sweet. Yeah. So rest in peace, Shannon. She died of an asthma attack. That is fucked. Yeah, it's very sad. No tragedy befell these kids, and as far as I was able to find out, they were musically talented and went on to live full and happy lives. What is it with big families and being musically talented? Is it just because you're like, we've got enough to make a band, so we should? Or it's the 1800s and we're all fucking bored. We're not allowed to have sex. Let's just, like, get the piano out and the... What but I, I even feel like modern big families I know, everyone's musical. Mm. Is that a correlation that anyone else has noticed or is that just me? No, I think it's definitely a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah so not haunting fodder. No haunting material. There. Mrs. Crawley was often compared to Queen Victoria and usually wore a black lace dress. That's a sick comparison. Lace, I love it. Yeah, lace cap and a stand-up beaded collar. She is said to have ruled her house with a rod of iron, and honestly, that is everything that I aspire to. I would like a rod, I would like it to be iron, and I would like to rule with it. You like to be like Victorian era. Basically, stern Victorian governess is my goal aesthetic. What I kind of hate about this, though, you know, they were wearing all of that in the like weather out there i do go into it later (laughs) not just there in particular but like pioneer women in australia jesus christ thank you women's liberation 
Yeah, thank you that we no longer have to wear 8 billion pairs of underpants. Staff reported very horrible abuse from their employers, so less of something that I aspire to, and Mr. Crawley died of blood poisoning in December 1910 from a carbuncle on his neck, rubbing up against his starched collar. Is a carbuncle like a what? It's a boil. Okay, so yeah. like, a, like a pimple. Um, That's not a nice way to die. When I think about what it would have been like wearing Victorian attire in that climate, I'm not surprised that more people didn't just die, and I'm sure that many did. Yeah, it's just one of those things when you think about weird ways to die. I wonder how many people have died inappropriate clothing from back in the day when everyone went, you have to wear this because that's like the British standard. Well, I mean, Lord Carnarvon, who discovered the tomb of Tutankhamun, he uh, died from shaving the top off a healing mosquito bite. Wow. Yeah, like just don't shave for a day, dude. Like- <laughs> I mean, it's easy to say all that though, but like, I mean, I've had, um, what do you call it? Bad skin thing. Eczema? No, when you get in the hospital. Stevens Johnson syndrome? No. <laughs> oh my God, what's wrong with me? Describe the symptoms. The really bad rash thing and it's like antibiotic resistance. Staph? Staph. I've yeah. had staph. There we go. Yeah, like I've had staff, and you can imagine totally, like if I had staff, what, like 50 years ago? No, probably longer than that, but like, you know, 100 years ago, mm. 200 years ago, It'd 300 been years fucked. ago. We fucked. Yeah. I mean, people die of it today. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yes, I had staff when I was like 16. How did you get it, if you don't mind? From a seatbelt <laughs> on a two of us. Oh my God. Yeah, but like I had, I had like an open wound. Think Queensland, two of us. I think I probably had like a mosquito bite or something. So it was probably open. And then I got it from the seatbelt. Which, well, honestly, I guess I'm speculating. But the seatbelt, because I would have been wearing like a singlet or something. Hmm. And yeah, just like the shape of the the seatbelt. Damn. Yeah. But I was okay. (sighs) I'm terrified of antibiotic resistant bugs. Thank you for helping me (laughs) remember the word. (laughs) Mrs. Crawley remained in the house for another 23 years, turning an upstairs storage room into a chapel and burying herself in the Bible. I just said burying herself because of the context of this thing. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) And I've just written, I mean, you do you, girl. Get that relationship with the Lord. But when you use words like widow and attic and chapel in the precursor to a discussion of hauntings, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mrs. Crawley died of heart failure secondary to a ruptured appendix in 1933 at the age of 92. Oh. Which is kind of insane. Like, you'd think 92, like, you know, sitting wrong would kill you. Yeah. Although I suppose it varies from person to person. A lot of my dad's side live into their 90s, mm-hmm. so I think they must be good stock. Mum's side, not so much, so. Yeah. Mom's eyes. <laughs> The last of the residents left the home in 1948, where it lay empty and was graffitied and vandalised. One thing that I didn't realise is that there is now a doll museum on the premises. Oh, no. And I know this is becoming a thing with me, but do you know what I'm about to say? You hate dolls? Hello, priest. (laughs) (laughs) No, mannequins, dolls, like, I think that's all pretty normal. I mean, I kind of like dolls to the extent of like well i mean certain dolls if i was bougie bougie rich i would probably be a collector of many trinkets mm. and one of the things i really like is Blythe dolls the i've showed you that, mine yeah with the, the it eyes. kind of looks like you 
black doll. Yeah. <laughs> it's um what is it? Like a um voodoo doll of me. I don't know. <laughs> I like black dolls. I think they're really cool. But they are definitely creepy. There's no way to mince it. But yeah, a lot of old porcelain dolls, I think they're definitely is a quality mm-hmm. you know i think anything that's vaguely humanoid and then is because like they do have names and stuff i don't know creepy i did terrible things to my barbies i made them commit atrocities yeah. that- oh, mine were just lesbians <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay mrs crawley is alleged to be one of the ghosts that haunts the property the sign that she is present is cold air settling downwards from the ceiling, which if you've ever spent a summer out there, it actually doesn't sound like a bad arrangement, but I suspect <laughs> it's much scarier in person. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be so, like, unnerving. Yeah, thanks for that. But if you know it's meant to be hot and then there was weird cold condensation stuff. They describe it as settling like snowflakes. But, like, on the ceiling. From the ceiling. On the oh, so, so it, it falls, like falls like down. snow. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking of going in reverse. I'm like, oh, that's way fucking creepy. Like, just the gravity <laughs> and it rises. I've strayed a little bit from the truth in this next bit. From God. Because yeah, it's continue. because it's. Uh, I really like writing ghost stories, and this material lends itself well to. Oh, I'm here for this. Yeah. So, so you, you reworked it into a more. Uh, I've built on what already exists, but okay. uh, yeah. So not so much making up as uh, writing in a uh, embellished way. Mm. So it is reported that a maid fell from. So yeah. So basically, what what I've just done is that I got carried away reporting on the actual ghost stories, and then I've sort of yeah, you'll see. So it is reported that a maid fell from one of the balconies and died upon impact with the ground. You can apparently see a woman in period dress consistent with a maid's uniform. She walks along the veranda to the bloody steps where she fell. I mean, no disrespect, but it's a flawless representation of Australian Gothic. All of the following is entirely my imagination getting the better of me. It's a hot, still night. You are laying awake sweating, trying to fall asleep. A possum screeches in the distance, and all of a sudden, the low hum of the cricket stops. You hear a slow, dragging footstep on the veranda outside your window, followed by another step, drag, step, drag. It's the hard clack of an old-fashioned steel sole boot. Step, drag. You look out the window and you see her. Her white cap does nothing to cover the crushed skull and visible brain matter beneath it. She looks at you reproachfully. You wake up covered in sweat. You can hear the crickets again. I don't know if you saw, I closed my eyes there for a minute. And then I was like, oh, wait, I don't want Morty to look at me and get self-conscious. But I was like trying to um, immerse myself. Thank you. One day, and this is reportedly true, a stable hand was feeling sick. It's not clear what it was, but his master thought he was bullshitting to get out of doing work. He rolled over and went back to sleep. He grows weaker by the hour. His master decides to prove that he is faking by setting fire to the bed. He wasn't faking and he burned to death. Holy crap. (laughs) He is sent to haunt the coach house. And again, my extrapolation has nothing to do with the facts. But early morning, around five, you don't know why you're awake so early. You usually get up at seven and have some Vegemite toast with smashed over and watch the ABC breakfast news. 
You realise you aren't getting back to sleep, so you get up, splash some water on your face, but it doesn't even put a dent into the faint itchy heat that is spreading over your body. You pad down to the kitchen and make a cup of tea. Why not drink it on the veranda and watch the sunrise? You take your tea, slip your feet into thongs. Looking out at what used to be the old coach house, your skin itches again. There was a cup of tea, but now it's gone. You hear a horse whinny, though there are no horses anymore. You taste ash. Where is the tea? You are at the door of the coach house. You have walked there barefoot. The ash coats the inside of your mouth. The horse's nostrils flare and its eyes roll. You hear a bed spring creak. You are back at the house. Your thongs are on your feet. Your tea is cold. Later in the shower, you wash ash out of your hair. It is said that an intellectually disabled man named Harold was kept chained in the caretaker's cottage for 40 years. Oh my god. He was found curled up at the feet of his mother's dead body. Sent to a home for the insane, he dies shortly thereafter. You need to go down to the caretaker's cottage to grab some tools. There was an unusual wet period recently, and one of the wooden doors is hanging weird. Used to the dry, the wood must have swelled. The cottage is uninhabited at the moment. Rob moved on to another project in Wagga Wagga, said the place gave him the creeps. Whatever. You know what you're doing. You grab a screwdriver, a spirit level, some WD-40, and a hammer. You forget why you came down here. You're afraid. You're waiting for someone. You feel heavy. It is hard to move. You are still waiting. You are still so heavy. You wait. You wait. You wait. You are tired. A kookaburra screeches, and you come to, sitting on the floor, the tools scattered around you. The sun is starting to set, the sky a cool purple. It was ten o'clock in the morning when you went in there. Later on, you go to put your pyjamas on and see a deep red bruise around your neck. Goes without saying that none of the above is fact. I just love ghosts. Did you, did you enjoy? Yes. Okay. And you're not just being polite? No. Being polite. <laughs> yeah, so if COVID-19 is less of a thing next year, I'm planning a road trip out there and I'm going to vlog. Can I come too? Please do. <gasps> I'm going to stay overnight and, yeah, vlog with the owner's permission. And I have said, if Woodsy hasn't fired me from the pod by then, I'll probably do a follow-up episode. <laughs> Why did you fired me? <laughs> it's like a it's a co-anchorage. I do not own it. Now, I have a confession to make. That was ominous. Yeah, the door just creaked. I um, never know like, whether this will pick it up or not, but yeah, that was ominous. I got a new phone and I didn't transfer the general app over and i just realized it now oh that's okay i can put something on mine very quick yeah yeah i'll just number them i'll get you to pick a number okay yes sorry that's all right general is disappointed in me look general was <laughs> a demon <laughs> i think general general needs to be a bit more tactile and i think i'm gonna um I'm going to write the topics on bits of paper and we'll do like a raffle. Yeah, maybe we should pull it out of a hat. But do you have any more uh, words no, before I do we, not. we say goodbye? Yeah, I just wanted to sort of end this episode while I um, – once I'll find this thing too, we'll end it with this. But I just sort of wanted to say like thanks so much for um, – for everyone that's listening so basically we're trying to we're trying to spread spread our our podcast and if you could share it with uh you know friends and stuff that would be great but yeah we're eternally grateful 
to all of you. I Yeah, I'm still amazed that people listen to this. I mean, I'm not – because I, I consider your content to be very good and very interesting and, and edifying, and then it's just like there's me. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Give me a number between 1 and 22. 13. Oh. Okay, this kind of ties in nicely. What is it? Okay, so I'm not sure if you want to do it because it, maybe it's too close to some of the stuff we talked about, but Celtic folklore. Fuck it. No, let's do it. All right. So Celtic folklore. Oh, man. I'm sure there's some good stuff. And I think, should we broadly say, yeah, folklore, but it can also be, I don't know, anything that's kind of historically in the realm of the spooks. Yeah. Yeah. That, we'll use it very broadly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I was going to say the Isles, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, so that's very exciting. My voice is not communicating how cool <laughs> I think that is. I just Our I, brains are both just cooked. gone. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Next week, I'm just going to pound caffeine before we record, and then I'll just be like... <laughs> like a little squirrel. I really just sort of wish that we had more, like, time... And money to yeah. like throw into this project because like it's a passion project. So I really hope everyone likes this and is getting as much out of it as we are. Alrighty, so we might say speculator. Stay safe, stay spooky. Yeah, and I might also say you know happy October because yeah, it should be October by this time by the time this comes out. Yeah. And also I wanted to say nosta, which is goodbye in Welsh. Oh, I don't know it in Gaelic. Das vidanya. That's Russian. So not on brand, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's still kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Speak you later. Speak you later.